radio advertising is good, why should you advertise on the Tan Talk Radio Network, AM 1340? Well, it's simple. We are a local radio station with local shows that target our local communities and local listeners. We have a variety of shows that cover a multitude of informative and interesting topics, such as automotive and boating, real estate and finance, health and medical, politics and law, sports and fishing, pet care, and more. Why, we are even home to Imus in the Morning. We also have shows about comedy, food and dining, religion, fashion, local community events and activities, and a variety of music. Talk radio provides a listening format that appeals to a large cross-section of people. Whether you are in your car, at work, at home, everyone has a radio. And we are streamed live on the Internet. And past shows are podcasted so you, the listener, can play back your favorite shows over and over again. The possibilities are endless. So that, my listeners, is why you should advertise on the Tam Talk Radio Network, AM 1340. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years' experience with classic, vintage sport and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc., 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. If you like golf, enjoy affordable golf at Magnolia Valley Golf Club, located on Massachusetts Avenue in Newport Ritchie. Play for as little as $15 after 2 p.m. The club has two beautiful courses to choose from, an 18-hole championship par 72 plus another nine-hole executive par 33. Join their open leagues on Wednesday afternoons at 4 and Sunday mornings at 8. Call 727-847-2342 for tee times or visit their website, magnoliavalleygolfclub.com. Yeah, I like the color of your car there, man. What's that supposed to be? Sort of a cross between piss yellow and puke green, ain't it? Well, you call that a paint job, but it's pretty ugly. I bet you got to sneak up on the pumps just to get a little air in your tires. Well, at least I don't have to pull over to the side just to let a funeral go by, man. Oh, funny. You know what? Your car's uglier than I am. That didn't come out right. Come on, boy. Let's go. Prove it. Why don't you go out and try to win yourself a few races? Man, you come on back and I'll show you a few things. Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey, we got a great show for you tonight. Matter of fact, I got some really cool guys with me tonight. I got Kevin Bird and Brian Fuller, and you guys will probably recognize these guys' names, voices, faces, if you're tuned into your computer tonight, from Two Guys Garage. Hey, guys, welcome to the show. It's a lot, Robert. Appreciate it. What's up? <laughs> What's up? Okay. Uh, anyway, by the way, you guys can run to your computers real quick. Go to tantalk1340.com. You can see us live in the studio. We're sitting here having a good time. Of course, there's a little delay, so we're going to be making faces and waving our hands and flaying and doing all kinds of goofy stuff. Also, if you need to get a hold of us, go ahead and email us at golfstringradio at gmail.com. That's golfstringradio at gmail.com. I got a little contest for you guys later, so again, send me an email. And then also, don't forget to check out our Facebook. And uh, Lee, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Robert. Hey, Kevin's from Michigan. Lee, you're from Michigan. Uh, we're in Michigan. Uh, Detroit area. Okay, we're in Detroit. Uh, Royal Oak. Okay, I lived there for a little while. Really? Yeah, at a house, like right off of Main Street. I'm right there. I could probably throw a rock at your house. Which one is it? You probably, I think you did, as a matter of fact. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One move from Detroit. It's a small, yeah, I don't know. One move to Detroit. Yeah, it shows you my IQ, right? He he moved down here. I moved up there, right? It's like six degrees right now up there, right? It's like 66 up down down here, right? the, the, The pain is not great enough yet. 
apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's working on me. Yeah, but he's got a creme de la creme job. He works for Ford Motor Company. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, I don't uh, know they, uh, well, go ahead and fire they up. They still have operations in You heard Detroit? of them, right? Yeah, you've heard okay. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're in Royal Oak? <laughs> of course. Yeah, that's not Royal Oak. has nothing to do with Pontiac either. Automobile manufacturer. Yeah, right. Hey, fire up that reel-to-reel. The reel. is still profitable, apparently, or something. Okay. Yeah, the reel-to-reel. -reel. You got that reel-to-reel -reel working? Uh, I think so. Uh, did you splice that tape? Uh, I'm, still, I'm still splicing. I'm just splicing away. I tried scotch tape one time. That didn't work. Well, that's, you know... What shows me what this, I know. Which, which, we try that on cars, too. Which <laughs> illustrates that they, while you're editing uh, capabilities on, on a computer are... are Dismal? Just about <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's, let's play some tunes. Some classic. Shake dreams from your hair, my pretty child, my sweet one. Choose the day and choose the sign of your day, the day's divinity. First thing you see. A vast, radiant beach and a cool, jeweled moon. Couples naked race down by its quiet side. We laugh like soft, mad children, smug in the woolly cotton brains of infancy. The music and voices are all around us. Scattered on dawn's highway bleeding, ghosts crowd the young child's fragile eggshell world. We have assembled inside this ancient and insane theater to propagate our lust for life and flee the swarming wisdom of the streets. The barns are stormed, the windows kept, and only one of all the rest save us with the divine mockery of words, music and flames temperament. Listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about Naughty Nancy. No, this isn't a story about a bad girl. This is a truth about a great place to eat and hang out. Naughty Nancy's Food Shack, located at 700 Eldridge Street in the downtown Clearwater area, is a quaint little place nestled under some huge oak trees serving great food and drink and a wonderful, friendly atmosphere. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. They have 10 daily specials as well as many different styles of cooking from Cajun, New England, country, gourmet, and even short order, prepared just the way you want it. So check out this groovy little dew drop in right on the trail. So jog up to our front door, ride up on your bicycle, drive up in your car, or pull up on your motorcycle. And visit my friend Nancy and place your order. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. Hey, mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars and you might get a free drink.
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great pizza shop right here in downtown Clearwater, Bro's Pizzeria, voted number one in the city of Clearwater. They're located at 547 South Fort Harrison Avenue. They have great New York-style pizza, as well as delicious lasagna, spaghetti and meatballs, manicotti, linguine. And if you're in the neighborhood for lunch, they have great hot and cold sandwiches and appetizers. So call 727-441-6025 for takeout and deliveries, or stop by for a veal parmesan dinner and a nice glass of vino. That's Bro's Pizzeria. Check out their website and watch my friend Olti create a spectacular pizza before your very eyes. What would you like on your pizza? Call Bro's Pizzeria, 727-441-6025. That's 727-441-6025. And tell them Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This weekend, okay, I have two free tickets for the Meekum Auto Auction, which actually started today, tomorrow, Saturday. If somebody can sit there and tell me what movie that sound clip came from, okay? So I want to know what movie that sound clip came from. That's probably the most famous sound clip in history. Can we call in? Can you call in? I got to sell right here. You can text. (laughs) Anyway, email us at... GolfstreamRadio at gmail.com. GolfstreamRadio at gmail.com. If you can tell me what that, what famous movie, the name of the actor that that film clip comes from. It's not Cinderella. It's not Cinderella. No. No Harry Potter movies. No Harry Potter movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lee. We're ready. Had enough? Yeah, we had enough. Is that? I, it just breaks my heart to see those cars get That's terrible. not the whole chase. The chase last. Yeah, it was like 10 and minutes. That's yeah, a big hint right there. It's an hour Oops. movie. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. The uh, lead actor did his own driving. Yep. You were probably aware of that. Oh, absolutely. It. I've heard they actually fooled him and shot some of that without him, even though he wanted to oh, do all of it. Oh, I doubt it. But, you know, oh, again, okay. those are rumors. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, they told him to show up at a certain time, and they're like, oh, sorry, we already got it done. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh that would upset me, especially uh, with his... Uh, his caliber and ability with uh, automobiles. Oops, I gave another hand away. Okay, so we'll have to check the email here in a little bit. Anyway, hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I am live in downtown Clearwater with my two special guests for the evening, Brian Fuller and Kevin Bird from Two Guys Garage. Hey, guys. Hola. Hiya. So uh, anyway, hey, Kevin, uh, you know, I, I want to thank you guys for inviting me over to the studio today. I did have an opportunity to go over and watch them do some filming. And matter of fact, uh, who else was that? Kenny Schrader was there and yep. Kenny Wallace. Yep. Kenny and Kenny. Kenny and Kenny. Kenny. Federated NASCAR drivers, Kenny and Kenny. Yeah. So, uh, so what do you think? A little bit different from the radio? It's a little bit different. Yeah. More, uh, more visual. You, you, know, caught, more, us, you caught us yeah. on an interesting day because um, we're filming a lot of, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? Intros and... Not quite the meaty, well, let's hardcore see. thrash. I dressed Usually up it's... like I dressed up like Billy Bob and <laughs> got to act like a crazy man. You know, play with Kenny and Kenny, the driver of the Federated NASCAR Cup. Yeah, we did some fun uh, sort of corporate videos uh-huh. in-house for Federated. They're a big sponsor this year. Okay. Coming on strong for a couple episodes. Normally, we come in and we start shooting and we actually have to work. You know, besides the hosting part, we're actually building the cars, and that just turns into a thrash. So there's sweat beads flying and metal flying and parts flying. You know, and then they're yelling at us because we're, we're moving too slow. they got to film something, right? You know? Oh, okay. So today was a nice, relaxing day. Good day to swing by and say hello. Cool. Thanks for lunch, too. That was fun. So, yeah. Brian, tell us a little bit about your background, what you are, who you are, and uh, 
And then uh, I'll, we'll interrogate uh, Kevin here in a second. <laughs> hot seat. Well, hot seat. You know, yes. I got infected in middle school with the car bug from my father. Among other bugs, but we won't talk about those. Yeah, yeah. Red bugs? My <laughs> uncle runs the, uh, my uncle was a um, exotic car junkie. Oh, really? <clears throat> yep. He had the Jags and the Maseratis and whatnot. He actually runs uh, Keels and Wheels, which is a classic car You're wooden kidding. boat show in Houston. I just heard about that the other day. As a matter of fact, uh, somebody, the last guest was on our show. We could go mention that, brought that up. Killer show. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, Ferraris on the lawn right next to, you know, uh, Chris Crafts, Hacker Crafts, amazing wood boats and about 250 cars. Well, my guest last week, that's what it was, it was Steve Algram. Steve Algram is a, uh, and I want to thank you for coming on the show last week, but he's real big in the Ferraris. And he mentioned it because he does the, last week they had the Cavalino in West Palm Beach. And then, of course, they have another one out west, Pebble Beach, which you guys are familiar with. Oh, yeah. And he also high, spoke very highly of the Keels and Wheels event. So it's a great it event. And you're from Texas originally, correct? Yes. Okay. And the so, first car was? Uh, my first car was a Model A Ford. Model A Ford. Chop Top 327. Uh, and it was really fun because, you know, it would burn the tire. It would like chirp at every second gear. So no matter how you went on the throttle, you're going to get a, you know, every time you left. Was it stick or automatic? <clears throat> it was an automatic. We, it was pretty much, you know, we bought it. The guy went through it. It was painted, but it had no interior. It had a clothes hanger coming through the firewall. So uh, true hot rod tradition. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, it never had any interior. I think I had it for, what, four years or something and never had a bit of interior other than a seat pad. And then one thing led to another, and then what? Um, you know, I went to school. I was going to be a doctor, ended up at Wyotech after, you know, hating my job and decided to pack up from Texas, went to Wyotech, uh, got a job at SoCal Speed Shop in L.A. Oh, really? You worked there? <clears throat> yep. What year were you there? I was there about 97-ish. Okay. I got that right and uh, stayed there for a couple of years, uh, went to a Kiwi fabricators place in Huntington Beach and eventually uh, begged Chip Foose to, to hire me. And after a couple of years, he said yes. Oh, no kidding. Stayed there for about three years, did a few overhaulings and biker build offs and whatnot. And here I am. Were you on the episodes overhauling for a few? Uh, me and Bird actually met on the first one. Oh, no kidding. We did the pilot. So we were the we we're the original A team. The original two sixth of the original A team right here. Right, I think there was what five of us. Yeah, four of us, five of us, six. I thought, but whatever. The teams grew and grew and grew, but yeah, those first couple were kind of brutal. You just didn't have the layers of people there to. Yeah. All right. Okay. Kevin, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, well, what state are you originally from? Right here in Florida. Are you really? I grew up in Cocoa Beach, well, Merritt Island. Okay. Merritt Island, right Mm -hmm. next to Cocoa Beach, Cape Canaveral. Okay. So I uh, grew up there with the space shuttle in the backyard, sniffing rocket fuel. All right. You know, it's probably it's some of what happened in the brain cells there. Well, yeah. Um, just went through... Uh, Osmosis, you know. Yeah. Yeah, my first car wasn't quite as cool as Brian's. I had that third-gen 82 Camaro. Oh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> proceeded to turn it into a science experiment. So okay. it was uh, ripping everything out, building engines, one after another. And it kind of got me psyched up going through high school. I uh, decided to go into engineering. Mm-hmm. So I went to University of Florida over here in Gainesville. <gasps> That's yep. that other school. Do you know what this means? Yeah. means no, go I, Knowles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for all you Knowles out there, what do you guys do? You do this thing, don't you? Oh, yeah. like that? Yeah. Okay. We, we My eat. wife will kill me now because she's a seminal. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so so Gator, Gator family. Great okay. school, though. Oh, yeah, Medical engineer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tried to get out of the, well, I didn't try to get out of the car scene. I just tried to avoid moving north to the big three. So mm-hmm. I went aerospace for a couple of years. So I moved to Atlanta, uh, did aerospace, worked for Lockheed Martin. Oh, really? Yep. Worked on the, uh, well, all of Lockheed Martin planes and uh, advanced design and decided can't stay away from the cars. Got to do it. So I made the jump to Ford and went to their powertrain research and advanced engine group. And I got the world's biggest sandbox. Oh, that is just absolutely amazing. We get to play. We get to build prototypes. It's all about kind of what ifs and being mm-hmm. Kind of creative mixed with science and physics and all that stuff. So, I mean, there's a corporate element, but there's also, you know, again, that's, uh, you know, pail and, and shovel and building sandcastles. So, so how did you guys are talking a little bit about the Foos thing? Because I know everybody wants to know, can you really do a car in seven days? It was brutal. It was, yeah, we did it. <clears throat> and I didn't think it would do it when they first brought overhauling in and I worked for Chip at the time. And the producer's like, hey, man, we're doing the show. I want you to be on the pilot and uh, we're going to do a show in seven days. And I go, 
You realize that the last, the car that we're working on currently with Chip took six years. And he's like, I'm like, you're out of your mind. There's no way, dude. You are absolutely out of your mind. It cannot be done. This is crazy. We're going to be here for a month. Wow. And it, you know, somehow it was so cool because being involved with that first one was amazing because it was so organic. You know, we started with six people. We had no idea what we were doing. Next thing you know, Chip is calling people. We've got some, we got some people with pull. We got Jim from Mother's Wax. We've got Budnick Wheels, Mm -hmm. uh, Alan Budnick. We've yeah, got Kimmy Edelbrock. Yeah, we got Kimmy oh, Edelbrock. So okay. We can make some phone calls. So next thing you know, it's like me and Bird working and everybody else is on the phone, you know, getting stuff and people. <laughs> and by the end of the week, we had 30 people on set killing it. I mean, just like working all night, getting it done. And yeah. we got it done. First time yeah. out. Now, for the, for the you know, when you, the shows and the, sh- the shows, you guys are kind of like got this thing disassembled and you're jerking everything apart on the car and everything like that. Now, when you're reassembling this car, I mean, how many hours a day do you actually thrash on that car? So if they say they've got seven days, are you actually working day and night, 24-hour shifts, or are you going home at night? 24 hours. Really? Straight, yeah. Well, normally you'll do, um, depending on what you kind of pick as your role or what you're mm-hmm. tasked with, right? So I usually did drivetrain, Brian do all the sheet metal. Um, but, you know, drivetrain guy, you get to do maybe, when everybody's tearing some stuff apart, Maybe some trial fits. Mm-hmm. You always have some mismatch on header, trans, you're right. banging on the tunnel, something. So you're trying to get as much of that sheet metal work done, try out your parts, pull them back out, then build it all on the side. Meanwhile, the car's going, you know, prep body work, paint. So it's just 24-7, everything's happening. And as Brian says, I mean, it seems impossible. I think I did seven of them. You pulled out, what, about 11? Ten, I think. But. Ten, ten overhauling, and every single one that I did, I'm watching it. I'm there. I'm on the build, and it got done, and I still didn't believe it. <laughs> so at the end of the seventh yeah. day, that I could actually sit in that car, turn the key, and drive out the door. Yeah, well, to some like, extent, there was, there was a lot of finish work to be right. done. You know, the where I think where we drew the line usually was, it would turn on, mm-hmm. it looked visually finished, mm-hmm. and that was about it. <laughs> It depends. Some of them, you know, some of them actually we we take around the block. We do burnouts. I mean, yeah. the first one we actually were doing burnouts up and down the street. And occasionally you get to the point where it's like, all right, we don't have time to fully bleed the brakes. We don't have time to fully fill and you know mm-hmm. top off the trans, you know, or something will crash or part won't show up. So I've got to order that part. But I'd say ninety eight percent of that car would be finished. How much time? In other words, from the time that the car was swiped on the back of the rollback. And you got the cars there. So, in other words, you knew ahead of time which car you're going to take and what all you guys were going to do with it, right? So that was no. all. No, no. Yeah. I mean, you guys like winged it. Yeah, yeah, we didn't know. Especially the first one, it became better. But no, we didn't know. Well, the well, producer's idea, at least on the first one, was I'm just going to get a bunch of guys, stick them in a garage, and then show up with a car and see what happens. So, like you said, it was totally organic. You know, I, I didn't know any of the guys. You knew a couple of the guys, and we just kind of felt the pressure. We bonded. We kind of generally made a plan, and everyone just attacked it, and it just happened. Wow. And then I think slowly they figured out that probably a little heads up, at least knowing what the car is, Mm -hmm. might be good. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no serious plan. There was never like a huge... Massive parts list, and here's what's going to happen. It was later on. They got it more into a machine, but this was yeah. after me and That's you like pretty five, much left. six seasons later, yeah. yeah. <laughs> after everybody <laughs> was burnt out. We did SEMA, though. I think the one that drove me the most crazy was we did oh, the yeah. very first SEMA episode. You were on it with me. 69, 70 Stang, and yeah. the air hoses were different fittings. Each hose and each tool has you all your different combination of yeah. couplers. Yep. You haven't slept. You've gone through all this deal, and all of a sudden, you, you grab the hose. You're like, God, I just can't stand it. And you grab the hose to put the grinder. It's 4 o'clock in the morning, and it's the wrong one. And now you got to go find another hose. I mean, it, just frustrating so bad. <laughs> I mean, crazy. When now, how did you come? Now you were already you had already got a job at Foos, right? So then, how did you come into play? How did, did because you guys were friends from way back? I mean, where'd you guys meet? No, that's that's how we met was okay. on that first build. And um, at Ford, you know, I do the prototyping, but occasionally in our group, you know, we'll do you know concept car for mm-hmm. the, like international auto shows. Mm-hmm. So I was actually project lead for a Carroll Shelby concept car. Oh, really? So about two thousand three, I think it was. Uh, we did a V ten, all aluminum V ten for a 
you know, a Shelby Roadster. Uh-huh. Went to the auto show. And, the Cobra uh, one, that little short yeah. little stuff. You, did, you worked on that yeah, one? Yeah, that was, that was my uh, Your I was project lead for the motor side, the powertrain side. No kidding. Yeah, that was a really exciting project. Well, that happened to be on rides. So that uh-huh. was kind of a premiere episode of Rides, the series. And same producer was kicking off overhauling. So uh-huh. I'd been working with him for, I don't know, maybe six months filming rides and mm-hmm. he's like you know i got an idea for the show i think i might call it overhauling there's a couple guys in california i think you ought to meet and there's one guy i think you're really gonna like his name's brian fuller well sure enough whatever seven eight years later we're like Buds. best friends and hooked back up on another show and that's so, cool it's been a good good ride well now you know that car that you're talking about that was supposedly uh carol shelby's new version of the new cobra that you worked on right, right. that car when i was in detroit for the shelby american meet that we had at mis i'm one of the state reps for the shelby club and in the state of florida so if you need some shelby's questions answered feel free to give me a shout here at uh nostalgic radio and cars but anyway there's a plug for for me <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate um i saw that car and i thought it was amazing matter of fact it was at the hotel in ann arbor is where it was on display and they had that and i think they also had did you work on the daytona concept car at all yeah yep I was, you worked uh, on that too yep, powertrain leaf for daytona that was an absolutely stunning car that car should have been built yeah all aluminum body mm-hmm. they actually for a concept car you know normally they're uh bubblegum pops- popsicle sticks just mm-hmm. kind of Carpet crawlers. Chicken wire. Yeah, they just look like something. But the Cobra was a full-on build, and, and so was the Daytona Coupe. All uh, sort of hydroformed or mm-hmm. uh, aluminum bodies, all hand-polished. I mean, all gapped and flowed nice. It was awesome. So what would they have in it for engines? I don't remember. I don't recall. Well, actually, the new 5-liter that's in the Mustang now was the 4.6, the modular motor. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of one of the ideas I had when I first got it forward was trying to get more displacement, but working with existing architectures. Mm-hmm. So I took the 4.6 engine and went to the casting foundry. We actually took the sand cores that you pour the metal in mm-hmm. and make the cylinder block and the cylinder heads, and we cut you know, several core packages you know, apart and then glue them back together to make 10-cylinder versions. So that's actually in the same like sort of architecture backbone as the new 5-liter. And then I bored and stroked it. We made a 6.4 liter out of it. So it's a 40-valve, 90-degree V10, a common pin crank. Um, Really, really cool piece. I think we were cranking out upwards to 600 horsepower out of those engines. And we were hoping that that was going to be the next GT powertrain Mm -hmm. family. The Cobra and the the Daytona were going to be built off of the Ford GT. Mm -hmm. It was going to be sort of a flexible architecture. But, you know, things got tough for Ford, and uh, several years ago we just had to pull back all these you know, really cool extra projects. We kind of shut down the GT production and really get back to the roots. It was all about survival. Can I make a comment? Sure. That was back in the we don't have to actually make the really cool stuff era. You know what I mean? <laughs> like all of a sudden they're like, wow, man, we're, we actually may go down. We may need to like, you know, actually do the really cool stuff, which is what they've been coming out with lately. Yeah. You yeah, know, in that true. area it was like. You know, that's pretty cool. I don't know, Kevin. <laughs> I'm just not sure that we really ought to come out with that and freak them out with this really cool stuff. Well, they had they had all the, the plans laid in place. You know, the GT was there. The team that built the dream car was there. What's all the, the name? facilities were there. What's the name of the guy that worked on the GT, for GT Prod? He's, um can't think of his name Kevin right now. Kevin Bird. Uh, well, John Coletti was sort of SVT lead at that time. Okay, well, I think it was another guy. But anyway, because when Chris I was... Chris Theodore up- was VP... Um, uh, those are kind of the two big leads you know, driving that machine. What was that um, other prototype that they made? I think it was sh- shortly before the Ford GT. Remember they had this really exotic-looking kind of thing they were going to build? Oh, yeah. There was what was a, that called? I think an Indigo. Something. Maybe that was it. It was a few years back. I think it was in the 90s. It was prior to the Ford GT, which... Yeah, and there was I'll, a GT90. That was it, the GT90. Yep. Yeah, Indigo, I'm pretty sure that was the name of it. It was um, kind of a... I don't know, IndyCar looking kind of deal. It was real interesting, sort of an IndyCar roadster. And the GT90. 90. Yeah, that was, was actually the forerunner to the Ford GT, really. I mean, in terms of development, because didn't they share the same engine? Uh, no, I think that one's actually, it was before I got to Ford. I believe that was a uh, sort of a similar grafted together powertrain concept, but I think it was a V12. Was it? Okay. So now you work for Ford and you're developing all these cool engines so you worked on which engine then the ford 302 the new five liter you worked on that yeah i worked on it as a you know the predecessor so it was still a 4.6 liter and uh we were trying to get 
essentially what's now the five liter in production several years ago, mm-hmm. but just couldn't quite get the funding. You know, again, with times getting tough, uh, just there wasn't the emphasis on the Mustang, you know, once the Camaro came out and the Challenger came out, well, there it is. There's your rationale for spending the money to go put the 5.0. So mm-hmm. I worked on uh, four, six versions, real similar design, real similar content. Uh, the new 6.7 liter Scorpion diesel in our Super Duty. I was just going to get into that, the diesel. Tell yeah. us about that thing. What's that thing got for power and torque now? Uh, Brian, you've got one. You said it's got 800 pounds uh, of torque. Uh, 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 got the, the 350, F350 just went from Atlanta to LA already today. And uh, it's got 800 pounds of torque thanks to the new Flash because, you know, they didn't want GM to up them. So, you know. You're welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, all those like, Ford guys, thank you. It was pretty powerful at 735 pounds of torque. And then all of a sudden they're like, um, you know, we've actually got a warranty thing. You can go in and flash your computer for 75 more pounds of torque. And I'll be like, yes, I'll take it. That was a real fun project. That was the first, you know, heavy-duty diesel in-house. And that's all Ford now this time. It has nothing all to do Ford. with International. Yep, yep. There was a small core of us. Um, research in advance. We got together, you know, combustion team, component mm-hmm. guys. And uh, from scratch, and those are the most fun ones, right? It's a clean sheet of paper, and you can start laying it out. And if you look at that engine, it's completely configured different than just about anything you've ever seen. The exhaust actually is inboard. The turbo sits inboard, you know, so it feeds right into that turbo. The turbo mounts right to that cylinder block, and the intake is on the outside. It's super quiet. I mean, it's just powerful and quiet and... It's, it's a bad it motor. the latest in diesel technology. Now, when you developed this, did you develop this with serviceability in mind? I mean, because that's always oh, yeah. been an issue. Because, yeah. you know, like the 6.4s, you got to take the cab off to get to the motor and service it, you know, which a lot of guys at the dealerships complain about that. Yeah, I mean, that was that was the first thing we did was, um, you know, you lay out everything from what are your emissions targets? You know, where do you, where's your competition at and where do you think they're going to be mm-hmm. by the time this thing launches? You know, what kind of life does it have after that? And we've got our service team in, warranty guys. I mean, everybody, they all come in and start feeding you, look, here's the problems we've had, you know, whether it's parts that fail, you know, previous designs, you know, or like you said, service side. So you're trying to balance all that stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's tough because you got emissions coming out the other end. You know, you're trying to get the fuel economy. You're trying to get the power, you know, the power and the torque. So it, it's fun because you're really sitting there saddled with a lot of different, you know, inputs and a lot of trade-offs you got to make. But, from, the, from the time that you came up with the concept on the new 6.7, Till it was in production, how, how much time lapsed uh, on this usually, particular um, engine? Three to four weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> three to four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> they test him for at least a couple of days. Yeah, <laughs> that was about a three to four year run. I had to go back and kind of scale it out on the, on the calendar, but yeah, it, it takes a good while, and that was kind of home run timing because we we really needed to get that into market. What was the big motivation there to do that engine? Problems with the six four. Well, just, and they yeah, get- I mean, the customer wanted a really solid piece. And mm-hmm. we knew that if we just brought it in-house, we had the right people, the right technology, we were going to do it. And then you were telling me also that now you did a, a, a diesel, uh, like a diesel off type thing compared to some of the other, like the Chevrolet, Duramax, and then the, and the, uh, the Cummins and the, and the Ford clean house this time? Oh, yeah. They just had a uh, awards, you know, heavy-duty diesel shootout. First Shoot. time they've ever done it. They okay. do awards 10 best engines. Mm-hmm. And uh, they decided, you know, because those are all sort of car class. Mm-hmm. So they decided they needed to do kind of a diesel shootout. And uh, I think it was last week, the week before, they just announced that, that Ford came out on top. Super. Really cool. Super. Hey, I'll take a break just here for a second. I want to say thanks to a couple of guys and bring up some uh, upcoming events. Everybody you know, we've got the Mecham Auction, which is the 26th through the 30th, which is going on. Actually starts today. Don't forget this weekend in Daytona, we have the Rolex 24-hour race. That's the 29th and the 30th. Uh, Randy Hagwood has got the Hot Rod Reunion this Saturday, and it starts at uh, 10 o'clock. Everybody meets at uh, Burger King on US 19. Then they head over to Tampa to Cody's, and then they wind up back in Clearwater, in the, or actually St. Pete, in the afternoon. Give Randy a call, 727-639-3130. That's 727-639-3130. Okay? And then, of course, on Sunday is the Kaiser Devereaux Show at Sarasota Square Mall. A thousand cars will be there. Really, really cool stuff from the turn of the century to cars that just rolled out of the Ford Assembly Plant with wet paint. 
How about that? And uh, also, I want to say thanks to my friends over there at uh, Tampa Bay Ferrari. We just had a big thing over a Ferrari drive over at the East Lake Woodlands, and they were gracious enough to invite me. That's uh, Ferrari of Tampa Bay. Their number is 727 784 3377. That's 727 784 3377. Go say hi to Tom Hassel. I got to drive a brand new 2011 Ferrari. California. Now, Ooh. I'm a stick guy, and I really, I'm not a, into the paddle shifting thing, which all the technology is, and I know we're kind of eventually going in that direction. But for the for the few moments that I was driving that car, which was about 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it was, I felt like Michael Schumacher. I felt like I was in an F1 car. You upshift paddle, you downshift ah. paddle. It's got a sport mode. Very, very impressive car. So if you guys got a quarter of a million dollars laying around in your hip pocket, you might want to go up to Tampa Bay, or Ferrari of Tampa Bay, and go... Buy yourself a new Ferrari. You you know, we're, impressive. we're taking donations. Because, we're taking donations. Yeah, I don't have a quarter million dollars. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, really oh, cool. speaking of donations, hey, anybody wants to sponsor the show, give me a call here at 727-541-1741. That's Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'm always looking for sponsors. Matter of fact, if you see me walking around a car show with a tin cup says donations on it, feel free to drop a few coins in there because we could always use them. And then, of course, my friend John Woodhouse, he had an opportunity to talk to uh, Kenny... Um, Shredder today because he raced against him years ago, and uh, so John Woodhouse runs uh, Cop Cars Online, and uh, if, you, if you want a really cool squad car, they got some of the finest in the country. I mean, they recondition these cars to make them look like brand new. Matter of fact, he's driving a the black uh, Tahoe right now. His son Mark is, and they're, they're located in Clearwater. Their number is seven two seven five three six twenty six seventy seven. That's seven two seven five three six twenty six seventy seven. That's Cop Cars Online. As a matter of fact, they have a law enforcement. Car Museum. So if you want to see some old five O squad cars or some California Chips cars, some early, like in the movies, uh, Chips TV. Remember the, t- it's the a TV? It's a close to home for me. I really try to stay away from cup cars. Yeah, me too, you know, because I've had a few of those gumball things going off in the back there, you know, when I was uh, breaking the law, breaking the law, da, 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 breaking the law. And, of course, tonight is Wednesday, and it's open mic night at Naughty Nancy's, okay? So if you can play a harmonica or uh, what's that thing you play, a juice harp? Juice harp, baby. Naughty Nancy's, that's uh, 700 uh, Eldridge, right on the trail, right behind the studio here. Off of, uh, we're a mile, no, what is it, a quarter of a mile north of uh, Drew Street, right on the trail. Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717, 446-3717, okay? And don't forget, it's bike night at Quaker Steak and Lube. That's every Wednesday, uh, bike night. And my friends down there, uh, JT and those guys from Fletcher's Harley-Davidson will be down there. So go check that out. All right, we're back to the show. Brian. Yo. <laughs> Tell us about your stuff. Now you're you got this really cool hot rod shop up in Atlanta now, right? Tell us about I that do. a little bit. We've uh, we got a lot of whack projects going on. We've uh, got a 1960 Cad Hearse. Oh wow! It's a freak. It's uh, as in Ghostbusters. Oh, oh yeah. that was a '59 though, wasn't it? It's a uh, yeah, somewhere in there. I don't remember exactly. Okay, close enough. Yeah, '59 60. It looks like it. It's 22 feet long. It's got an eight foot sunroof. Two eight a- foot. Two ACs. Oh wow! They're it's long- an SUV. Yeah, it is. It's C6, and actually it's a client that's in uh, Birmingham, and he just, you know, it's a, it's the weirdest thing you'd never know about looking at him, but he's just got a fetish for the hearse. I mean, well, That's cool. That's okay. We turn it into a JFK kind of limo for him and the kids to go cruise around the neighborhood. What color did you paint it? Uh, it's going to be European silver with uh, a period white interior, white silver interior. Okay. But it'll have uh, competition stereo with like 612s, you know, hidden inside. Hmm. Big block Chevy, 500 horse, uh, four-wheel disc, and the longest Morrison chassis, Morrison chassis ever made. Now, is that a tube chassis? You set the body on there? Is it's a, yeah, they basically make kind of a, a, a spec-to-order chassis, so mm-hmm. you give them your wheel size, wheelbase, track width, all that kind of stuff, and, and it shows up on a crate. And then you just fabricate all the mounting points? and We rip the floor. We gut, you know, brace the car first. Mm-hmm. Rip all the floor out, <clears throat> pull out the chassis, and then we go in and uh, make a new floor. And it's just such a beautiful system; it really is. Wow! So now I met you for our listeners. I met Brian at the PRI show here uh, last month, and um, what was that place called? Orlando. Yep. And uh, that was a pretty cool show. Now you were there with uh, Steve Strove, and Steve's going to be on the show here next month. By the way, oh, is he? Yeah. And uh, so what's he been, doing in town? Oh, uh, well, he's not in town. We're just oh. going to do it via telephone. Oh, okay. Well, actually, cool. a string and two cans. I think I can get one to reach California. It's 3,000 miles. But <laughs> That's uh, cool. anyway, because you guys are all going to the Roadster Show in Oakland, right? Yes. Okay, yep. well, he's going to be there because he's trying to cram for a car for that. Yep. So um, 
Uh, but anyway, so now you had that really cool wicked. Was it 62? 61. 61. Okay, yeah. 61. And it was basically a uh, formal roof car, right? Yes. So yeah. what, tell us about that car a little bit. Um, this It's a 61. We call it the Impaler. It, the impaler. It, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be an Impala. And we kind of mix it with Fuller. It becomes an Impaler. But, okay. Uh, and it'll impale you if you get in the way because it's just kind of a beefy car. It's nasty. Yeah. Nasty cool. Man car. It is nasty yeah. cool. I have to go along with that, yeah. We call it kind of like uh, my latest deal. Is, it's like an 80s hair band because it's all metal and leather. You know, it's black leather with all these sheet metal covers all through the inside. Uh, raw aluminum bumpers, raw aluminum around it. So it's it's got a lot of cool Zeus fasteners and ARP fasteners throughout the thing. So it's definitely a man car. Girls do not like it. Yeah, it's come out in Hot Rod too, right? Yeah, it'll be out in High Rod here in the next month or two. Yeah, now, you guys got to check that out because you know uh, you, you talk about Brian's cars, and until you you've seen one, which you have, yeah, I, mean, that, it, I was just t- overly impressed. Yeah. I really was. Thank you. That was stunning. In fact, you talk about the brushed aluminum look on the bumpers with the bezels all the way around. Now, Brian, do you have a website? Yeah, FullerHotRods.com. dot com, and that car's on that website, right? Yes. How about you, uh, Kevin? You got a website too? Yeah, starting one. You're it's starting? Uh, Speedbird uh, dot com. Do you build hot rods too in your spare time? Yeah, but obviously, if I'm doing full time Ford and two guys, I got this little bitty window in there. So, I got gotcha. you. So huh? mine come out a little bit slower than Brian's does. But. I got gotcha. you, uh, Brian. How many people you got working in your shop up there in Atlanta? Uh, we have five, five or six guys. I got to look back and remember at this <laughs> point. But yeah, right around six people that work there, and we do a lot of custom metal fab. That's kind of our main deal. Yeah, because we were talking about that this day this afternoon. So restoration is really not your thing you like getting in the customizing but let's say i've got my 69 shelby or an old vintage 356 porsche and i need some metal work done i could bring my car to you and you just go ahead and make it look like a, a new shell right basically well you know it's a lost art unfortunately and there's a lot of work that could be out there for people if they were you know willing to do the hard work and get in there and learn this learn the trade mm-hmm. uh, and it's fun to you know it's fun to have a job not only where i get to i get to be a craftsman myself which i've kind of become accustomed to but i've been able to lead some young guys teach them craftsmanship Mm -hmm. what it's like to be a journeyman what it's like to to learn a craft and have pride in your work and you know go home with the 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 good feeling of of an honest day's work and pay and the the gratification of accomplishing something you can stand back and go wow look at that and then everybody else stands back and goes wow look at that you created that yep now you do bikes too right yeah, we're actually, uh, we've got quite a few going. We have a knucklehead, so we have a reproduction kind of vintage knucklehead going right now. That's one of our, our favorites. Uh, i got a cafe racer that I kind of I bill as the Shogun, which is, uh, it's all a custom Honda. It's a, a 77 CB550 Honda, which was like the most plain Jane everybody learned on Honda. Mm-hmm. And now it's fully blown out of proportion with uh, Japanese carving from head to toe on it. Is that the one that was PRI with you? It, uh, let's Is that see. the one you had there? Yes, yes. It that was. was a wicked looking bike. Yeah. It's coming along. It's got another few years of tatting, so to speak. Uh, but we do have a bike actually going to Grand National. The, the Impaler is going to be a Grand National Roadster show. Mm-hmm. And also we're competing for America's Most Beautiful Motorcycle while we're there. Uh, with a Buell that we've kind of we've customized pretty heavily. Oh, really? <clears throat> so, like when you like what the time frame? Like, for example, on the Impala, what was the time frame on that car? <laughs> that was a three year build. So, wow, you know, you sit down for forty hours a week and come up three years later, and that's basically that car. Uh, the motorcycle that we've got going in uh, in LA is about six months. So our bikes are usually running about six months, and our cars are somewhere a couple three years. Now, do people walk in the door and say, hey, Brian, I'd like you to build this? Or do you, in addition to that, do you say, you know what, I, this is kind of a cool idea, but I'd like to kind of do my own. And then so you've got your own little project going on the side, too. Is that kind of how that works? Yeah, I have my own projects. You know, this is a it's a job, but it's all it's mainly a hobby and somehow I managed to make a living out of it. Um, so I've always got something going on the side because that's what I do. I mean, the whole, my whole shop philosophy is to, you know, build people's dreams, you know, so Mm -hmm. we bring in projects and and we help them finish it to whatever, you know, level they're looking for. Uh, but my own personal dream is to do the exact same thing, which is I've got a shop that can carry itself, allow me the tools to get in there, create and make things with my hands. And that's what uh, luckily so far it's allowed me to do that. What's the wildest thing you've done? <clears throat> oh, man. Gosh. I just, I mean, between a hearse, you know, the hearse is just insane. Overhauling was insane. Um, yeah, biker build off. I did a bike. I don't know. God, it's just all wild. I mean, I just really can't. 
I'm just one of the lucky individuals that's living the dream. And it's just so fun for me to get to really do what I love to do. And somehow people accept me for who I am, which is kind of a nut job. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can vouch and for that. Somehow you, it works, that? Okay. you know what I mean? I don't know how it works out, but somehow this whole thing worked out when I was on the path to get a real job, you know, hopefully pay for myself some cool toys. There was a little lack of sleep along that journey though. Well, so yeah, it's okay. not like you just yeah. fall into it, but sure. still what, what now, what, what, project would you love to do you got something in the back of your mind it's just kind of really wicked wild did you want to do yourself uh, my favorite you know the one i really haven't done yet at least on my own mm-hmm. is uh to do a full body from scratch you oh know, really that's my kind of eventual goal i'm working towards doing a quarter scale model right now then turning that into basically a coach built full-on you know custom car we haven't been far off with the projects we've been doing but mm-hmm. they've had you know the skin of someone else's design so our next thing is to you know make a a, a one-off bugatti type or you okay. know make a fagoni feloshi you know just one-off skin of whatever design we come up with so whether it's contemporary or vintage just something that you kind of combine the two styles the designs i don't really you know i i like to do something you know that's uh, period correct i like that idea uh i also like the idea of taking more of a, a period look on the outside and and going in with a more modern running gear mm-hmm. but you know to me the the fun part about this journey is that you know you go with what your client wants you know what i mean mm-hmm. he's he's the one that ultimately has to be happy so if a guy comes to me and says hey man i want to do this i need to listen to what that is and uh and and really work together with him to come up with something that in the end he says you know, when he walks away, my whole goal is for him to go, you know, Brian delivered to me exactly what I want, except it was about 50% more than I really expected was even possible. So when he dreams this, I want to give him another 30% more and just blow his mind and be like, I can't believe that you took this out of my head and just created it so much better than I thought was even possible. It's my dream. It's just a lot better than I imagined because, you know, I'm, I do it every day. Mm -hmm. So you would think that I would, have 30% more of that kind of detail and thought and, you know, experience and all that stuff that adds up into something more. That's great. Uh, Kevin, how about you? Where do you, I mean, do you have just, there's something really wicked that you want to do. And, and of course, I mean, how long you, obviously you got a great job too. You know, you work Ford Motor Company and, uh, and I know with the TV show and stuff like that, but I mean, you have a project in the back of your mind. You really want to do something you've always longed to do. Yeah. That's, that's a good question. Cause, um, it, it, it's kind of amazed me because, uh, like the Shelby project, mm-hmm. you know, that was basically a roadster supercar. And I thought, that's it. Because I really love, yeah, I love the supercars in a way. Mm-hmm. I love my hot rods in a way. And I'm kind of all over the map. And, and what I found on my journey is um, I really, really liked working on the, on the Shelby. But then when I got put in to do the diesel, you know, that was a really, really cool, enriching experience. Like it forced me to, you know, learn all the new technologies and get creative in a different way. And it seems like every project I get, most of which I can't really talk about because they're all prototypes, right. right? But each one of these prototypes is a whole different sort of avenue, a different class of vehicle, a different challenge. Um, you know, and that's the corporate side. Mm-hmm. And then what I get to do, you know, I fill that sort of spectrum, small cars, big cars, trucks, Mustangs. Well, and then I get to jump out of corporate, you know, hook up with buddies like Brian and, uh, you know, build hot rods do stuff on our show and it's like every week on our show is something new something different we're interacting with different people doing different challenges so every time i think this is what i want to do something just happens to roll along that i find enjoyment with Mm -hmm. so it just seems like letting it flow but keep pushing the limits it it all just kind of keeps coming together so whatever comes across my path i just try to eat it up and enjoy it and learn from it you know and get the satisfaction but I think if I tried to narrow it down, I don't know, like Brian said, that everybody's car dream is to, from scratch, something mm-hmm. big. You know? Tell me about your new Mustang. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're talking about that. He's yeah. got a 65 Fastback, yeah. right? Yeah, I just picked up a uh, 65 Fastback. Um, it's got a lot of uh, you know Shelby-inspired mods on it, but it's just a shell. So a lot of it's still in my head formulating. I, I like the newer technology, the I don't know, some, some of the higher-end stuff. Not like it's got to be Ferrari, but I, I like the the design and the feel and the feedback and, you know, the modern suspension, the modern powertrains. 
So he's there's going to be some grafting going on. How about a, a seven? Oh, go ahead. A six seven diesel powered Mustang. Fifteen hundred pounds of torque. What do you think about that? Does that sound feasible? Sound sound doesn't sound right. Yeah, you know is, what I mean? is, neither. Is a TV show? Is this kind of like a little R and R for you guys? I mean, you know, because you guys are both doing that. Well, you know, the like he said, the beautiful thing is we have companies that come in every week, and you know, we're working with them on their new products, exposing people to them. Well, mm-hmm. we've got the tech guys that come in behind the scenes, and they're like, "Hey, man, let me explain to you." the back-end technology on your compressor. And we may have five of them laid out. We've got the drawings. We've got the tech guy. We've got the cutaways. And when all of a sudden, it's like, we just basically walked into an AC compressor class. You know what I mean? It's pretty impressive. And that happens three times a week every time we do a show. So we get a lot of knowledge that, you know, you wouldn't expect on the back end. We can only fill so much on the show. But all mm-hmm. of a sudden, man, they just pump all this knowledge in our head. And it's like, oh, man, I can't believe they paid me to take all this knowledge. You know? <laughs> and <laughs> how, often, how often do you do projects on the show? Because you had that uh, 30, the, what was that Ford that was in there today where you were sitting in? That was uh, actually on your show, featured on your show, wasn't it? Yeah, we had a uh, Factory 5 uh, 33 Ford little coupe. So it just depends. You know, it's a real varied show. It, it's, uh, it really goes up and down, but it keeps it keeps it different and keeps it loose. So you could have a street car, you could have a custom, you could have a kit car, you could have any any number of things. We've had boats. We've had uh, oh, boats too? go-karts. We've had ATVs. I mean, what else? So yeah, well, obviously of, motorcycles, any yeah. kind of hot rod, okay. new cars, old cars. It's crazy. So uh, it's fun, though, but it all relates back to motors, you know. Wow, is it almost that time? Wow. Hey, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I want to thank our guests, Brian Fuller, Kevin Bird. Um, they're... <laughs> <laughs> the stars of Two Guys Garage. You know, we, I had Dave Bowen on here about uh, two months ago. Yeah. Your predecessor, you know. Oh, and yeah. uh, He's a pretty cool guy. He's got his own show now, which is called Motorhead's Garage, I think he's got. And it's on... Uh, back with Sammy. Yeah, yeah, it's back with Sammy. On and they sports. filmed that actually up in uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Again, I want to thank our guests, Kevin Bird and Brian Fuller, the uh, stars of Two Guys Garage. And... Be sure and tune in next week. Hey, our new time next week, they're moving us to 8 o'clock, right, Lee? We're getting moved to 8 o'clock. So same bat time, or actually same bat channel, but new bat time, 8 o'clock on Wednesdays here on the Tan Talk Radio Network, AM 1340. Everybody else, drive safe, stay uh, cool, and be sure to check out some of these car shows, swap meets, auctions, races. I want to see some of you guys out there. And remember, if you see me with that tip jar, I'm always looking for some coin. You know, I need some sponsors, man. I want to. I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to get some air times and promote yourselves. So give us a shout here. And of course, if you need appraisals, pre-purchase inspections, diminished value reports, give me a call here. We got one minute left. I see the. I see the finger coming up. Whoa! The the finger. The, that was the nicer finger that, that I'm that used was to the seeing. Index That's the yeah. index just, finger. Just to clear up any misunderstanding, <laughs> any misconceptions. We don't want any of those. All right, guys, we're going out with the doors and break on through to the other side. We're off to Naughty Nancy's. It's open mic night. 446-3717. See you guys over there. Till next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>